Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. We're going to continue this morning in our journey in the book of Ephesians. We, at this point, are up to chapter 2. The last part of chapter 2 next week, we're jumping into chapter 3. And we're going to draw out three truths out of the Word of God this morning with that. Before we do... Just to let people know, straight after the service, uh, we have a Vanuatu information meeting. What time, David, is that? 11.30 at the front of the auditorium here. So do encourage you, if you've put your name down and shown some interest in coming to the trip in July, then come to our information morning. We'll be answering uh, all your questions and talking to um, people about what we'll be doing through that trip as well. So do encourage you with that. It will be an amazing time. So excited about uh, going over there and partnering with them to make a difference. Amen. So, so thrilled that you're here this morning. You've come and worshipped. I hope that if you've done that, who knows we need to be recharged each week. Each day, in fact, but each week when we come together in the house of God, we, we pause our lives, we put everything on hold, and we take just a few moments just to get refreshed. As we come in this place, the Holy Spirit shows up. He begins to renew our minds. He begins to wash us in the Word of God, and we leave this place transformed. Amen? If you're not leaving transformed, you need to open up your heart even more to God because God is so in the business of transforming our lives because who knows during the course of each week we get so bombarded with so much rubbish. Oh, no one else is in the world today. No one else has got a a Facebook feed or anything like that, right? No. We get so bombarded and it's so good to come into God's house and get refreshed. And I really want to encourage us as a church never to grow weary of the habit of coming and fellowshipping in God's house on a Sunday. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It's the best thing that you can do with your life and it's the best thing that will set you up for the week that is in front of you. So we've been looking at Ephesians and Dave uh, shared last Sunday morning, did an awesome job with that. But probably the biggest take home that we're pulling out of the book of Ephesians is that Jesus is interested in what we know, our understanding of the word, our theology, but he's also very interested in our actions as well. In other words, Jesus is very, very concerned that we don't just hear the Word of God, but we apply the Word of God to our lives as well. That we're hearers of the Word and that we're doers of the Word. Amen? That's what we've been looking at. And we started all those weeks ago where Jesus really challenged the church at Ephesus about them having great theology, but not having application. And you know, scary thought today, there are so many believers out there today that have lots of theology and, and lots of teaching. And we've got the podcasts and, uh, and all the web pages that we can access and we can hear all of that stuff and yet not do what it is that God is calling us to do. Amen. So last couple of weeks ago, I just felt to start this morning, we looked at a scripture in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus before the foundation of time, that we would walk in the good works that he had prepared for us beforehand. And I looked at that word a couple of weeks ago, and I wanted to share it because I think it's just so cool. And you mightn't think this about yourself today or about your life, but we looked at the old English translation of the word workmanship, and it actually is translated as poem. You are God's poem. Look at the person next to you, I'm God's poem. Come on, don't be shy. You, some of you can't look at each other. What is wrong with you this morning? 
You are God's poem. I love that there. We are His workmanship. We are God's poem. Hallelujah. Amen. I am one of the prettiest poems that God's writing. Hallelujah. And you are as well. Hallelujah. But we are God's poem. And I really felt to share that with us this morning because there's people here today that are really struggling in yourself. You're really struggling with family. You're really struggling with what's happening at home and, and all the stuff that's happening in the world today. And, and God just, I guess God just wants to encourage you again that, that He loves you, that He cares for you, that He's got a plan for you. And all you need to do is to receive that plan and be committed to walking in that plan. Amen. Knowing that you are His poem. Hallelujah. You mightn't feel it, but that's the truth of it this morning. You are God's poem. So open up your Bibles. To Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 to 22, there's three things that we want to pull out of this text this morning. And it says this in verse 19 of Ephesians 2. It says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household, those of his own house of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Three thoughts that we want to bring out of that. The first thought is this. The first part of Paul's letter reminds the Ephesians church of who they are. Amen? He says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers, and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You know, when we read this this morning, Paul's writing to the Ephesians back in the day, and the words that he used back in the day meant a whole lot more to them back in that time than it does to us today. We want to just touch on that a little bit because Paul's trying to remind them of who they really are. You know, the enemy's greatest weapon against you is to try and tell you who you are not. You are a son or a daughter of the living God with an inheritance and you have been created with a plan and a purpose. Hallelujah. But the enemy's greatest ploy today is to try and disguise, to hide, and to rob believers of that revelation knowledge. That's why Paul said, hallelujah, in the writings of the epistles, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. That we would get that revelation knowledge of who we are. Hallelujah. I'm a child of God. Yes, I'm free. Amen? And Paul here is trying to help the original hearers of this text to understand who they actually were. Paul is encouraging the Ephesians church that they, we, are no longer strangers and aliens. Listen to this. Those two terms are found in the Old Testament under the law. The law often spoke of foreigners and strangers among God's people referring to the Gentiles and the law labeled the Gentiles lesser than the Jews, lesser than the people of God. Gentiles, as we were, could associate with Israel, participate in the feats and the worship of Yahweh, but they were, ne- they were always considered as outsiders. 
Gentiles never forgot that they were strangers and aliens among God's chosen people, right? That's their understanding. That's their headspace. That's their mind space. That's how they were viewing themselves. And Paul comes along to shake them and say, you're no longer a stranger or an alien. You're a child of God. I'm preaching a whole lot better than your amen in this morning. <laughs> Just joking. But what Paul is doing is reminding the church that they're no longer to be considered strangers and outsiders in the body of Christ. Now, we are all fellow citizens of the saints, both Old Testament and New Testament. Now, all those in faith in Jesus Christ are equal. I love that about God's house. We are all equal in His eyes. Amen. All equal in the eyes of God. God doesn't look like the pastors as, as being better than anybody. No, we're all equal in the eyes of God. We're all His children. We're all His sons and daughters. He loves us all equally with as much grace and as much love as He loves the next one. But the original hearers really struggled with that concept. Made so by our faith, and Paul says, we are, as we are privileged as one born in the household of the Master. And the thought this morning is, why is it important to, to them back then listening to that and to us today? Well, in the days before Christ, a God-fearing gentle, Gentile could convert to Judaism. But that didn't make the person Jewish. A Gentile could never become Jewish since Jewishness was only by birth. The best a Gentile could help, hope for was to be permitted to remain among God's people for a time or be called a, a sojourner. But today, by faith, we are considered members of the household with full privileges. Amen. When the Ephesians church must have heard this, it must have been like revolutionary to them. All of a sudden, their mindset of being a Gentile and we're not as good as those people, uh, uh, God's true people, will never be like them. Paul says, no, because of Christ, we are all now one. Hallelujah. And in Christ today, now we are all one. Love it. You need to wake up tomorrow. Well, you should. We're sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah. Instead of an almighty God, you'll never leave us nor forsake us. He's created us and shaped us, fashioned us in a certain way for the good works that he prepared before the foundation of time. You, you good-looking thing, were in the mind and the heart of God before even time began. And you walk around like I'm just a worm and, you know, this woe is me. Shake that off you. Get, get someone to slap you across the face. Wake up to yourself. Start to wake up tomorrow morning knowing that God is for you. Who can be against you? Knowing that you have a loving heavenly Father that has your best interests in His heart and in His mind. Amen. Knowing that you were created in the image of God. Knowing that you are one in God's people. Hallelujah. So it must have been revolutionary to them. They needed to hear it, and we need to hear it, as they need to believe it, we need to believe it as well. Amen. So Paul continues the chapter with another analogy we want to share this morning. Speaking of the believers in the church like stones in a building, but he begins with the most important part of the building, and that's building on the right foundation. Listen to what he says. 
He says, Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Paul says the church's body, its foundation, was built by the apostles and the prophets. Paul's referring to the word of God delivered by these men and women, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Amen. That God's church is meant to be built upon the foundation of his word. Hello? Built upon his word. The prophets of the Old Testament and the prophets of the New Testament called the apostles delivered the word of God to the world. The Word of God is the authority for all that we believe and do. But like any building, if our, fo- our foundation is faulty, the whole structure will be faulty as well. A couple of little thoughts this morning. If a church body compromises on the authority of the Word of God, then the downfall of that church will only be a matter of time. I hope and pray and trust that we never compromise the Word of God as a local church. And then if you ever heard something like that, that you'd be bold and courageous enough to challenge that. Amen. Compromises come in many forms. Compromises can come in false teaching. (laughs) There's some whack jobs out there today. Seriously. Compromise comes from chasing the new, the new fad. Blab and grab it. You've heard that one? Blab it and grab it. Compromise comes from wanting to appear as modern and, and so-called contemporary. We, we don't want to offend any, anyone. Christ's teaching is offensive. Unless a man or woman uh, be born again, they shall not enter the kingdom of God. That's offensive. But we're not meant to water that down or to compromise on that. Hello? The fear of man. We don't want to speak the truth. We compromise on the Word of God because we're fearful. Churches is just abandoning the teaching of the Word of God altogether. Listen to this thought this morning. Today, it's easy to find many churches at this point. Many church bodies meet under the banner of Christ, but not under the authority of the Word. I could use a number of illustrations, but I don't think it's prudent for me to do it. Because the Word of God is the Word of God. Individually, how important it is for us to make sure that we're building our lives upon the Word. So, so important that we do that. There's so much teaching out there today. There's so many people in error. I watched this clip on... um, on Facebook, and it was um, Hillary Clinton's daughter talking about a, 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 an abortion, um, part of the legislation, some people wanting to see it ap- ap- uh, repealed. And she sat there and talked about how important it is for women, uh, women to access, um, to receive an abortion, and just talked along those lines and then said, you know, repealing this part of the abortion code would be unchristian. Well, I'm going to upset people possibly, but abortion is murder. Yeah. 
I just get the feeling that the Holy Spirit's been wanting me to say that for a while. Sorry, I'm just taking a moment. Good use of a sleeve. <clears throat> yeah. See, if we, if we don't build our foundation upon this, then we're going to fall for everything that sounds right, but is not right. Right? So it's so important that we do. If a church body is to remain true to the Master, it must forever submit to the Word of God and never grow weary of studying it and following it. As Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, he says, Like newborn babies long for the pure milk of God, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. Next, as we conclude this morning, the next thing that Paul says is the believers are the building. So as we know, the church is not the building, but the people are the building. Amen? We're so blessed with this incredible facility. It's an awesome church. Wow. Our children's ministry area, our future training area for our internships, our, like our Bible college will be happening, our cafes. We are so blessed, but the building is not the church. We are the church. Amen? We are the church. Paul says, we believers are the building, so as we know, the church is not the building, but the people are the church. He says this, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. The third thought out of this this morning, it says, being fitted together. Being fitted together. Notice Paul emphasizes that we have been fitted together. Together, I want to just highlight and emphasize on that a little bit this morning. The word fitted together in the Greek refers to the way a stone mason worked the surface of adjoining stones to create a seamless wall or a seamless um, wall. Don't laugh at me. I messed up. I've got to go home and work that out with the Holy Spirit what happened before. But Paul says <clears throat> we're not just haphazard stacks of stones that happen to come together by chance or circumstances. Now listen to this. On the, contrary, on the contrary, Paul says we were fitted together precisely by our Father. The Father is the master stonemason. In these verses, Paul was also speaking of our place in the local church. In other words, we are not participating in this local church by chance. Amen. 
If God sends you to a local church and God does that, you're here to participate in it. Amen. I'm here for a reason and you're here for a reason. The Father fit us together precisely as He fitted you and me so that we would slide right to the place and here and now and serve alongside one another in the unique role and purpose that He has for us. I believe, in fact, this reminds us we shouldn't take our participation in the local body of Christians for granted. No, no, no. First and foremost, should we never neglect coming together? Listen to what the book of Hebrews says as I get ready to conclude this morning. It says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as of the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much so as you see the day approaching. I've got to be so careful today because I use a lot of expressions and um, words to describe stuff from growing up as a young person. You'd have to be stark raving mad or crackers not to think that we're living in the end of time. The world is a mess. I'm f- good looking and not as old as some in the building. But I have never seen such a crazy time as we've seen in the last number of years. Good being turned into evil, evil being turned into good. It's everywhere. So, but exhorting one another, and so much so as you see the day approaching. Just imagine, if you would, in your mind this morning, imagine a building being constructed by God with each stone being carefully selected to complete that construction. And now imagine if a few of the stones were taken out, they decided to stay home on Sunday, or they decided not to use the gifts that, that God had entrusted them to. In the beginning, in, uh, in mostly matters of appearance, you wouldn't matter, you wouldn't see that much difference. The integrity of the building hasn't weakened just yet, but it doesn't look quite right with those holes. And ultimately, if each stone does not take its place in the building is weakened, ultimately the building could fall. In order for stones to be fitted to one another, they have to touch one another. And in order for each of us to play our appointed roles in the body of Christ, we have to gather together with one another in the place that God has fitted us. Amen. You are fitted to be in this place. You are fitted to serve God. Amen. This, us, we, Paul was trying to say, is God's construction project. And we're his materials. You may feel your your participation here doesn't matter much, but I believe that that attitude there is selling you short. Amen. You are so needed. You are so unique. Amen. God has placed you in whatever local church it is that he's placed you in to make a contribution, to do only what you can do. And it might be the smallest thing in your mind, but ultimately it would be the 
the largest expression of what God's calling you to do with the gifts and the talents that he's entrusted to you. Amen. It's a weird service. <laughs> You're thinking, absolutely, I'm not coming back. <laughs> oh, you are? Awesome. Oh, Damon too. Brilliant. Hmm. Last thing that Paul speaks about here encourages about the importance of the right foundation then he describes the building of a wall god being the the master stone mason where we're, 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 we're shaped and and brought together to to make this thing called the the body of christ the church and the last thing that paul says here in verse 22 he says in whom you also being built together for a dwelling place of god in the spirit we are god's building and the more to holding us together is the holy spirit amen Let's pray as we conclude this morning. Heavenly Father, we are just so, so thankful. So thankful, God. Lord, for your calling. Lord, that you've uniquely equipped each believer to be a stone in the building that you're building. We thank you today for the Holy Spirit that's the mortar amongst us today, bringing us together, uniting us together, Lord, making us the church that you're calling us to be in this location, the expression that you're calling us to be to the world. We thank you for that today. But Father, I just pray for every person today that they would know their unique calling, that they would know, Lord, that, that, that their contribution to your church, to your body is so important, Lord. Only they can do what it is that you've called them to do. So Lord, we just thank you today. As Paul reminded us, we're not strangers. We're not aliens. We are sons and daughters today. Built upon the foundation of your word. Shaped and made into the building that you're calling us to be. So Lord, we are just so thankful today. So, so thankful. And everybody said, Amen.